Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 69th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. We're going back to the 90s today, my era, um, a player I'm really looking forward to interviewing and now lots of people on Twitter are looking forward to this as well. Mark Burke, 77 appearances for the Wolves and 14 goals between 1991 and 1994. Mark, how are you mate? Yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine Jess. Good, good, you're good. Okay? Yes, I'm good, thank you. No, I know you're a local lad because you're Solihull born, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah, Solihull born, yeah. But I grew up in uh, in Birmingham, Castlevale and Erdington. So, oh. yes, I'm a Birmingham, Birmingham lad, yeah. Great. Yeah. So, who was your club growing up? Was it Villa or Blues? Villa. No, Villa, yeah. Villa, yeah. I was a massive, massive Villa fan. I was, uh, when I went there when I was 10, you know, to the, to the club, to, to they saw, they saw me... Uh, Escaped me if you like when I was ten, but I was always a fan before that, and I was there when we won the league. I think it's forty years this year since we won the league, and uh, I was there when we won the European Cup as well. So, yeah, big Villa fan. Big oh, Villa fan. brilliant! And that's really where we always start the podcast, Mark. Is we rewind it all the way back to your youth football, and and in your case, how you were spotted by Aston Villa and, and got to make your debut for your hometown club. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm taking through that. I was uh, so when I was about eight, I um. Somebody said I should be you know, go to play for a team, but I, I think in those days you couldn't play till you were ten. But they got me in really early, so they got me in at Sutton Town uh, really early. So I started playing for them at a really young age, and then I was spotted by Villa when I was about ten um, by a scout called Fred Fred Greenaway, and then Dave Richardson, who was the, uh, the youth development officer at Villa, he saw me playing as well. In a, in a, a, there was a, used to be a four aside Sports Argus, I think it was Sports Argus tournament at Birmingham wide. Um, thing for schools and I went to a school on Castlevale called St Gerard's a really small school and we got to the final we had a really good team and we got to the you know the Birmingham final which for us was a, was a yeah. huge thing and, um, and Dave Richardson saw me playing there as well so they invited me down the down the villa and I was there and I was there you know, from the age of 10 all the way through then I mean what what's it like for, for a local lad obviously yes you know you, you come through as a youngster but to make your debut I mean you made eight appearances for Aston Villa yeah um, yeah that yeah, must be yeah. an absolutely huge, huge honour, Mark. Oh yeah, for a for a Villa fan, yeah, it's it's an amazing thing to for any you know any, any kid coming through and playing for the team they support. You know, if you play one game, it's a it's a great thing to do. And, you know, the, the, to be honest, probably the biggest thrill for me was you know being such a big fan and you know the team that won the league. You know, that legendary team that won the league with you know Gordon Cairns and Gary Shaw and and Alan Evans, but with all those players and coming through and then getting to know those those people and playing with some yeah. of them was. You know that was the biggest. To be honest, that was the biggest thrill, really. And some of them, are, you know, friends to this day, which is a great, a great thrill for me, really. Yeah. I mean, from your point of view, Mark, um, what's quite interesting, really, you made your debut in '87 for Villa. That was literally six years after they won the league and five years after exactly. they won the European yeah, Cup. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, when you look back, you know, when you look back at the history, you know, won the European the league in '81, European Cup in '82, and then the Super Cup in '83. You know, and then three years later, three or four years later, getting relegated, it's it's disgraceful, really, when, when you look at yeah. it. And, and the club was in a sort of a... When I left, I left school in 85 and went there to be an apprentice, and then it was in sort of a... 
it was it was all over the shop to be honest. It really was all over the shop. There was lots going on behind the scenes. They brought in Graham, Graham Turner. They brought you know brought him into the club, and it was a difficult time for for him for everybody. And I think you know there's a lot going on with the chairman and and this that and the other. But the whole whole organised. When I look back now, the places that I've been subsequently, you know, look at the organisation and even things like the, the facilities, the kit. It was it was it's disgrace really for a club that has won the European Cup. Yeah. Like you say, a few years before. Just sing so long. And, and sure, Gary Shaw always says to me, you were you were there in, you know, two or three years of the worst time in the club's history, really. And they're looking, I know what he means, because before that it was it was really good. And, and then Graham Taylor came, just, you know, and he sold, he subsequently sold me. But he came and he saw that it was a mess. And he sorted it back out again and brought it back to where it should be. So, so um, yeah, it was a strange, strange time. Great times, because they were great lads. Yes. Fantastic players and fantastic people as well. Everybody, you know, and everybody from the youth team to the first team was sort of together. It was a really good atmosphere. The Villa, the real family club. So it was, you know, from that point of view, it was brilliant, brilliant few years. But from the football side, it was, it was on its, it was on a slippery slope. So was it, was it Graham Turner then that gave you your debut, and was it Graham Taylor that sold you? No, no, it was uh, God. It was, it was. I went when I left school. Graham Turner was the, was the first team manager, but then yeah. he he left. When I was an apprentice, and then I think in one seat, I think the second year, or what, it might be the second year of my apprenticeship, and going into my first year of pro, we had about three or four managers, caretaker managers, and the right. Graham Turner left, and then Ron Wiley took over for a bit. I think Frank Upton had it for one game, and then it was, uh, and then Billy McNeil came. He ultimately came, and he was the one who gave me my debut. Okay. So Billy McNeil gave me my debut against Everton in the April of, of 87, it would have been, wasn't it? So Everton were going for the league, they, they beat us 1-0, Kevin Sheedy. I mean, they were the best team in the country, the best team in Europe on the time. And um, they beat us They beat us 1-0, we got relegated that season. And then and then Graham, uh, Graham Taylor came in the um, in the summer. OK, right. So, and, and then it was, was it Graham, Turner, uh, Graham Taylor, sorry, that actually released you, was it, Mark? Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Well, he sold me to Middlesbrough, yeah. Yeah, so he, so he came in and... I was telling somebody this the other day, to be honest. He, was, um, he saw that the club was a shambles and he said, he actually said it was a shambles. And I, I remember this very, when you're 18, you know, and you've had all these, you're very impressionable, aren't you? So a new manager yeah. comes in, someone totally, you know, totally alien to us. We don't know him. He doesn't know us, if you like. So he sat us down. I don't know if you've ever been to Bodymore. You ever went I to Bodymore in the past? you never been, no? No, I'd probably burn on entry, yeah. mate. I'm a, I'm a big Wolves fan. <laughs> <laughs> It was just one building, and that's why everybody's really close together. It was one building, had three change rooms, one for the youth team and two for the first team, but it was very, very much all together. We had one big canteen. So I remember Grant Taylor, Grant Taylor came, and his very first, you know, he was introduced by the chairman, Doug Ellis. Doug Ellis said, This is the new manager, Grant Taylor. Doug Ellis stood there against the wall. I'm sitting there, and I've got, you know, people like Andy Gray and Simon Snyder and all these people, you know, big players, Paul Elliott, Tony Drigo. All there, all sit there, and he talked for like two or three hours non-stop, and it was like bloody hell. <laughs> and, and I always remember, remember thinking, Paul, and he was going, in, going and you know talking about these injuries, and he doesn't want anything, just going into everything that he wants from the from the club and all that kind of stuff. And then I remember him saying that one thing that stuck in my mind. He said, because there's always been this thing about how Watford got there, you know, how they their style of play. It was always yes. controversial, wasn't it? You know. So he said, well, what, what, he's just asking a general question. He said, what do you do if you're 1-0 down with five minutes to go? And nobody said anything. He said, come on, what do you do if you're 1-0 down with five minutes to go? What do you do as a team? And somebody said, well, you launch it in the box, don't you? And then he said, well, why not do that from the first minute? And then and, so, and somebody behind me, I think it was either, it was, I don't know who he was, he was behind me, went, fuck, you know, 
now. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, I thought that logically that makes a lot of sense, but yes. you can't, you can't, do that. you can't do that from the first minute. Yeah, and that's what I remember. I remember thinking, but that's what, he, that's what he said. And to be fair to him, he came in and he organised the shit out of it. If you like, and everybody knew exactly what they had to do. So when the ball was there, it would go in there. When it was there, it would go in there. You know, and similarly when you were defending. So whether you agree with it or not, at least it was a system and it was a way of playing, and it was successful for him. Yes. If you did, if you fit, if you fit into it, great. If you didn't, you didn't. And that was that was my case, if you like. But I know I was only young at the time, but I understand what he was doing. I mean, I don't really, I don't like that way of playing at all. Yeah. But. At least it was a, at least it was a definite philosophy, so he could get the players who would do it for him. And I, you know, that, that's you've got to really admire that, to be honest. Oh, you have. I mean, we'll come on to your style of football, Mark, because you are obviously a, a ball playing footballer. You know, traditionally, you know, the long ball yeah. game definitely didn't didn't suit your game. Um, so after Villa, it must have been so. I mean, so twofold really. How disappointing was it to to, to leave Villa? Um, and how did the move to Middlesbrough work out? Because I believe it was four years there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Brian Little was a youth team coach at uh, Middlesbrough at the time. So Brian had been, I'd known Brian since I was like, you know, 11 or 12. So I'd yeah. known him for a long time. And Brian was a, you know, was a hero of mine and every Villa fan really because he was such a great player. So, and he was, Brian was a, was a friend. Everybody loved him at the club. But he got to Middlesbrough. Bruce Riak and took him to Middlesbrough, another ex-Villa player. So, and Brian had told me that Bruce Riott liked me as a player. Well, he told me some time before. And I remember when we played him, when we played for Villa against Middlesbrough at Villa Park, Brian had said, Bruce, Bruce walked past and said something, but I didn't hear what he said. I said, what did he say? He said, oh, he likes you and all that. I said, oh, right. And then I forgot all about that. And then um, in the December, when, so Graham Taylor had come in the summer and he was obviously going through the, the process of changing everything at the club and he was testing things out and I'd played seven or eight games. I'd, I'd done okay, but nothing, nothing special. And looking back, I wasn't, I probably wasn't ready at the time, but, Middlesbrough came in with an offer and, and he called me into his office and said, look, Middlesbrough have, have come in for you. You know, it's up to you if you want to go. I said, OK, you know, if you want to go and talk to him. So I went, I went and spoke to Alan Evans, who was a you know, club captain who we all looked up to. And I said, I told him the situation. He said, look, if a manager says to you that, you know, you, you're welcome to go and talk to him, then you got to go in football. you got to go where people want you. Yeah. So I go and talk to him, see what they say. I said, oh, OK. So I took his advice and went. And uh, you know, my uncle drove me and my mum up to, uh, went up to Middlesbrough. For, you know, for a look round, and as soon as we got there, we were like, there's something going on here. It was because, uh, I mean, you've got to understand. I mean, if you're from Middlesbrough, you know the story, but I don't know if you do. But in '86, the club had gone basically gone bankrupt, right? And had to get rid of get rid of everybody, all the old pros. So Bruce Riott came in, and a bit like I suppose Graham Taylor at Villa had gone through the whole club and just got rid of the old, older pros and all the pros that were there, you know, the big older pros, and, and basically left it just with the kids. All and all the kids were from from the area with one or two exceptions like people like Gary Hamilton but they'd been there for a long time and Bernie Slavey they'd been there for a long time so it was a real homegrown squad and um, and and what he'd done there he brought in people like Dean Glover from Villa and and, uh, Paul Kerr and Kevin Paul so he'd been clever in the way he'd done it you know he got his group of young players and some players from from his former club who who knitted him well so it was a real a really uh, exciting atmosphere And, and the club had got promoted from the third to the second and then we're going for it in the in the second division as well. So as soon as I got there, it was like, oh, this is um, this is really interesting. You could feel the you know, you could feel the buzz in the town. They were doing well. The atmosphere was was good. The club was really well organised. So I remember my mum saying, oh, I think you're gonna go, you're gonna have to go here. So 
So I said, yeah, okay, I'll sign. And, I mean, it's a big thing in them days. Oh, in mean, yeah. 1987, there was, no, uh, there was no internet then. There was no mobiles. You know, moving to Middlesbrough was like moving to America. <laughs> <laughs> moving to the other <laughs> was, end of the was, earth. Uh, <laughs> other end of the world, yeah. Other end of the world, yeah. So, but it was, uh, no, it was, a, it was a great move. Oh. And I went into a, went into a hotel. Well, not a hotel, like a, like a guest house. Yeah. Uh, guest house sort of hotel where the club put, uh, put players. So I was in there with, and then I was in there with another young lad called Ashley Fothergill who... He was a prince at the time, so he was younger than me. And um, and then Trevor Senior came. We signed Trevor a bit just a few months after I'd uh, after I'd signed. And it was it was a great place. It was run by uh, John and Eleanor Paul. They were like big Borough fans, and all their family of Borough fans. All the police used to come in from the all the Stockton and Middlesbrough police used to come into the bar, you know, for afters and all that. And it yeah. was a bit like that. Don't you remember that program, Life on Mars? Remember yeah, that? yeah. It was, it, was bit, it was a bit like that, you know. So it was like they were having lock-ins every day and. It was, it, and they were all Borough fans, and you know, it was a really, really exciting time to be there. It was, uh, and everybody says now, you know, it will never be like that again. The whole club, the whole town was beyond the club, and it was all young kids. You know, they had the history of, of you know, being bankrupt and coming yes. back from the dead and all that. So it was a real, really interesting time. And obviously, it was the old Ayrson Park, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Ayrson Park. I mean, I mean, that was a, and that was you know, bouncing. It was a great place to play. The pitch was yes. you know, lovely and wet and soggy and it was a it was a really uh, great atmosphere great atmosphere oh, and what's interesting Mark about your career is there is so many Villa links obviously going to Middlesbrough yeah, yeah, like you said yeah. Brian Little and Bruce Rioch coming to Wolves then um, yeah. obviously Graham Turner who you knew from Villa um, yeah, yeah. so March 1991 the biggest move of yeah. them all come along 25,000 English pounds signed you Mark um, Graham Turner what was your? I mean, was you? Was it? I mean, I know you're a Villa fan, but um, I suppose that was a really good move for you in terms of obviously you're back in the Midlands, you're back close to your family, uh, and and at that time Wolves had then just got into the Championship, so really they were on their uppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, I had mean, uh, Middlesbrough. So Bruce, I got the sack. Colin Todd came in, uh, took over, and I did, we didn't get on. So you know, I wanted to. I wanted to leave. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Graham and Graham Turner came in, so was, obviously I've known him, you know, from Villa, and he was a, I always thought he was a really honest, honest bloke, honest manager. And so I thought, yeah, this is a great move. Like you said, Wolves is a is a huge club, yes, and they were on the they were sort of on the way back, if you like. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a good move. Yeah, it was a good move. I mean, um, at the time, obviously Graham Turner. Um, once again, it. it... <laughs> You could argue because on your debut, I believe uh, we drew three all with Oxford, uh, and Body scored a hat trick. Yeah. And the thing yeah. is, the the team effectively for, for for those you know for those years were built around Steve Ball, and the style yeah, of yeah. play tended to be it could you know ball over the top, um, bully run onto it, it's in the back of the net. As yeah, yeah. you know, from your point of view, Mark, um, yes, you know you chipped in with so many assists, but. You know, did that style of football completely suit you? Because, like I said, oh, you, no. you was really a ball playing playing footballer. Yeah, no, I found. I mean, I found it really difficult at first because I, I mean, when I look back at Middlesbrough, so we used to talk to Bruce Rioch about football and all that. And I remember him saying, you know, I was talking to him one time before a game, and he was saying, you know, it's very simple. All you got to do is give the ball to somebody in the same colour shirt, and that was all he ever said. Yeah, just get the ball and move it on, move it on, move it on. I mean, a young player, I remember saying to him, but it doesn't come a time when you need to. Do something if he said no, you just keep moving the ball and the space will open up in it. And he was right. And so that was a really simple and it was a really sort of connected way of playing. You know, it was moving it from the back to the middle to the front. It was never 
the ball over the top or, you know, unless it was a through ball, you know, but it wasn't like a Graham Taylor where the ball's going in that area and everybody's squeezing in there or sometimes Graham Turner would say, hook it on and get it in the corners and all that. And, and to be honest, I really struggled at first. I found it really difficult because I'm, I'm going for the ball and it's going over my head like 40 yards. I'm having to run 50 yards that way and then yeah. it's coming back and running 50 yards that way. And then you, so you've run the 50 yards four times and you get the ball and you're absolutely knackered. And, and people don't really want the ball in certain areas where I'm thinking I want it everywhere. And it was, so it was, really, it was really difficult and I really struggled at first. And I started to think, well, yeah, have, I done, have I done the right thing? You know, yes. um, so I had, to, I had to really sort of adapt. Like you said, everything was based around bullying and, and that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that because he was probably the best not just best player in the championship, one of the best players in the country at the time. So yeah. you've got somebody like that. I remember, I remember going to Grand Turner once and saying, couldn't we just work a bit more on just getting the ball into Bully's feet and playing off him? And, and he's just like, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, we don't do that here. <laughs> no, we don't do that here. That's, he's strictly over the top. I said, yeah, OK. And he's right in there. He's made Bully. I mean, Bully was brilliant. I thought yeah. he was such a great player great, and a great bloke as well. You know, and he, yes. he was... Uh, it was an absolute uh, goal machine, wasn't it? Incredible. I mean, Incredible, so, really. When you're so from your back. point of view, obviously you come to the club. Um, I mean, that, an interesting point, actually, Mark. Um, what was your best position? Because you was, like I said, a very creative player. Um, but for you, uh, what what was your what position did you prefer playing in and feel you was most effective? Well, my, my best... Well, my be- I mean, looking at the way the game is now, it's like, I mean, people always say to me, oh, you were born a little bit you know, too early, if you like. The way the game is, yes. I was sort of, I wasn't a striker, I was sort of a second striker and I wasn't a, a centre midfielder, I was someone who played, you know, just in front of the midfield and, and I wasn't a wide player, I would play just in a bit. Yes. Whereas in those days, it was 4-4-2, you play there, you play there. Whereas now, it's all in between the lines and this and that's the way I was thinking from a very young age but it just, that wasn't an accepted way of, a way of playing. And I always remember, you know, there was times when I, when I played up front, when I played up front with Bully quite a few times, you know, and I would always be dropping in and, They'd be saying, I'll go stay up front. But I always thought, you can't go up front and just battle against a six foot five centre half with a ball coming down your throat. So no. I've got to make it difficult for them. But if I come short, then they have to make a decision. Do they come with me? Yes. If they come with me, there's space behind for the football to run or for me to run into. If they don't come with me, I'll get it in turn. But that just wasn't the way of playing. That just, that just, so yeah. it was, so I had to sort of do that. And I knew it, but if I played it, because that was the only way I could really play, I had to make it work, if you like. So I had to score or I had to, create something so I felt I was constantly under pressure if you like because I had to I had to do something because I was playing a little bit differently so tr- traditionally you, you could argue you could say now that, that you was a, a, a typical not in a four four two sense but a typical number 10 really just behind the front two well yeah that, that kind of play yeah and I, I remember when when Graham um, Graham Taylor came because when he when he came it was funny actually because I was at uh, I was at Luton on loan yes that's right and, yeah, and, uh, and Grant Turner got the sack when I was away. So when I was, when I was on loan, so, so I was thinking, you know, you're thinking, oh, I wonder who's going to get the job now, because no, I wasn't going to start looting. Yeah. Um, I was thinking who's going to get the job, and then, then Grant Taylor got it, and I thought, bloody hell. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, he called me, so he called me straight back from looting, and then, you know, obviously I knew him, and he's all right, they're not going on with him, all right? Yeah, so, you know, and he played me in every game to the end of the season, I think about... Yes, that's right. So, yeah, until, yeah until, until, I think until the very last, I think even the last game. That's a funny story from the last game. And he, um, and I played it every game, and I remember one game, we played Luton. Yeah. And I played up front, and I played up front, I think with Bully, and I was coming short, I was getting the ball, and I was on it the first time, and I was turning, I was doing this, 
you know, and I was really doing well. And then, and then half time, he changed the system and he said, Right, Berkey, I want you to come on play on the left wing by me. So he was on the bench there. So he said, I want you to stay on the line and don't move off the line. So I was like, Oh, God. And because he was there, you know, right next to me, I couldn't move. He's on the other side. I'd probably just come inside, but I couldn't because he was like literally two yards from me. So I remember David Pleat saying to me after the game, he, he, after, he was in the corridor, so he said, oh, I said, we were really struggling with you at, um, in the first half. We were sitting there at half time thinking, how do we deal with you? And what, you know, what should we do? And I said, but second half, you know, you weren't a problem. I said, I said yeah, because he told me I couldn't move off the bloody line, that's why. <sighs> so it was, um, I was like, oh, God. And, um, and then, yeah, so Grant, so Grant Taylor played me all the way through to every, every game, I think. And I think yeah. the last game, or one of the last games, was Barnsley, I think. That's right. I've just looked at the record well, books, actually, because you, you did have a good run in the team. Yeah, and I remember, I remember actually going back to the number 10, he said to me once, I think we played Notts County, he said, um, he said, I don't know what that position is that they call just behind the striker, number 10 or whatever, he said, but you're fucking good at that, you are. It's a bit late now. It's funny, but he says to me, what, in the, um, the Barnsley guy, he said to me, I remember my mate, we were laughing, not afterwards we were laughing, I said, I'm never ever doing that again. He said to me, he said, right, wherever the ball is, I don't want you there near the ball, I want you to get away from it, I want you to make space. So every time, if anywhere near, the ball's coming anywhere near you, go in the opposite direction to it. <laughs> you are. He said, yeah, so I want you to, so when the ball's on the right, I want you to get over onto the left, I want you to, and so the first half, like 45 minutes or whatever it was, I was like, what the hell? I think he brought me off at half time. And I was thinking, I was annoyed with myself for doing what he said. Yeah. I said to him after, so I never, that was ridiculous. What the hell was that? And that, really, I mean, that was just one of them things anyway. And, um, yeah, so at the end of the, at the, end of the season then, he obviously had, he had decisions to make. So he was doing the same as he'd done at the Villa. He was, he was sorting the club out. Not that, not that Wolves was in any way the same kind of Messrs Villa, but there was yeah. there was obviously a lot of players there. And there was players like the, the, obviously when a new manager comes in, Grant Turner thinks this player's good, and obviously the new manager doesn't. So you know it's that's how it goes. So, but there was some big players in that contract. So I think Cyril and and Gary Mountfield and and you know quite, I think Robbie Robbie Dennison yeah been quite a few of us are out of contract. So there's been thirteen or fourteen players out of contract, and so we all had to go into Molyneux on a Monday on the on the Monday I think it was to come in to see if we were going to get a contract. So we're all sat in the changing rooms at Molyneux and it's going to be really fun. Actually, we sat there and um, we had to go into his office one by one. He would call the names in. And then Darren Roberts, you know Darren Roberts? Yes, Darren Roberts, the striker. Patrick against the Blues. Yes, Patrick on his debut. Yeah, Robert, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so Robert went into the office and he came back in, into the changing room, he put his head around the door and he, and he went, custard pie, he said, I'm, I'm, I've got a free. And he said, look, if you go in, he's got two piles of envelopes. One on the left, is, you, you go to the left one, you're getting a contract. If you go to the right, you're getting a free. So you knew when you, so you, knew when you went in. Oh, as soon no. As you went in, sat down. If you went that way, you weren't getting one. <laughs> it was really funny. It was funny. It's a straight away. He obviously went to the left. He went to the left, yes. I remember him saying to me, he said, look, obviously we know each other and you're a good player, but you're a good player, but the way I'm going to play, it's not going to suit you, so it's best you leave. So I said, OK, it's fine. That's fair so, enough. See, so, Mark, that, that was a strange one for me. I mean, we, we, when I first saw you play, obviously, when you signed in the the 91, you, you you know, you was a very good player. And I'm not just saying that. This is all over Twitter, by the way, when I announced that, that we was yeah. interviewing you, how skillful you was. Um, <clears throat> the first season, I believe it was three goals in 23 games. Um, second season, eight goals in, I think it was 33 games. Uh, the, the, the last yeah. season, I think it was two goals in 14 appearances. Now, 
you know, that's yeah. that's a good return considering the club weren't really playing to your strengths. And you, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. quite right. You, you've seen the club change. Initially, um, I suppose, you know, early on in the championship, we were sort of scraping our way through, signing sort of bargains like yourself. Um, and then towards yeah. the latter part of your Wolves career, the money was spent. Kevin Keane, David Kelly, Jeff Thomas... And we seem to be going places. Now, I do believe uh, there was a bit of an incident at, at one game with David Kelly, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, up at, uh, <coughs> up at Sunderland. What like, happened we, there? Uh, oh, God, it's pretty easy on it. So, I think I, I had the ball somewhere and I wanted to, obviously, like, as I did, play my way out of whatever danger it was. And I remember giving it to, to uh, it was to Vena, Mark Venus, I think. Yeah. I think it was Mark Venus, and I gave it to him, and he and he like just whacked it, and it went. Okay, it went somewhere, and then so Ned come right down and said, "What the fuck are you doing? You know, get rid of it or whatever." And I, you know, usual thing. So I, I can't remember to be honest, but I probably told him to f off. I don't know. I mean, a bit of a thing. Yeah. He tried to put, put the nut on me, I moved out of the way, and, all, and it was a bit of a pushing and shoving and all that, and then that was it, really. That was it, to be honest. How was it? And, yeah. Um, yeah. There's nothing else. No, I'm, me and Ned were fine. There's nothing else going on. But I was just annoyed, to be honest. I was annoyed at Vino. If it, I, think, I think it was Vino, you know, but I was annoyed because I didn't see any reason to panic. Yes, you know. So I, that was that was my way of playing, if you like. So you know, and he just decided to he panicked a bit and, and booted it, and then and then he became an incident. Well, that's no big, there's no big deal at all, to be honest. But but I was going to say, <laughs> you, you you was obviously on the ball, a very calm, collected player, and and not, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. he was one of them players. Where as a supporter, if we saw you get the ball, we knew we keep possession. You know, you, like I said, skillful, creative, and it's something that that sadly had been lacking. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I take it you're good mates with Ned then, because obviously he's a local lad. And when something like that yeah, happens, yeah, yeah. you worry that it's going to affect things. But when you got in the dressing room, is it all forgotten? No, it was forgotten straight away, to be honest. Yeah. We never even we never even spoke about it. It was just one of them things. I mean, things like that happen all the bloody time in training, so it was no uh, no, it wasn't a problem at all. Oh, of no, course. Now, um, we've, we've touched upon him, Steve Ball. I mean, he scores a hat-trick on your debut. You, you've seen all the plaudits for him and you, you've seen what a player he is. And when he scores three, you, got, you, you must be thinking he's a serious player. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember watching him... Um, you'll, you'll probably have to tell me. When he scored that goal for England on his debut against Scotland, what yes. year was that? Uh, 1989. I remember watching that and I remember being, because he's a Midlands lad, I remember being really proud that yeah. You know, a lad from this, you know, scored for him, and I was like, it's chuffed, you know. What I mean? So to yes. go and uh, to go and play with him, it was a, it was a real big thrill. And like I said, he was he was a he was a god. He was just incredible, really. When you you know when you look at it, I always wonder why he would you know what would have happened if he'd have moved somewhere else. You know, I know he nearly yeah. went to Coventry and that, but if it, or maybe Villa at times. But if you know if he'd have gone somewhere else, how would it have worked out? And I'm, I'm sure it would have worked out fine because he's one of those people who would have just scored goals. And then I would have worked out how to, you know, how to work with him and play to his strengths. And he could have been, you know, he doesn't have to be... Because at Wolves, I always thought it was a very obvious ball. It was, you know, it was bully over the top. But in a better team, if you like, in a higher up team, you know, it would have been... Yes. You know, it would have been a bit more subtle. He would have changed his runs. But there would have been the same ones. But there would have been maybe not 40, 50-yard bursts. There would have been 20, 30-yard bursts. You know, and, and balls given to him from closer to, if you like, from midfield rather than from... Because against better teams, they're very obvious boards. They're going to see them coming straight yes. away. So you'd have to work out a, a different way of, of utilising. It would, it would still probably be your your best chance of scoring a goal because he's one of those people who would just score anywhere. Oh, I, mean, I, don't know did it to me. I don't know how he did it to me. Because everything he hit, everything he hit with power, it just went in. It was, you know, <laughs> it was just like... 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No placement, really. Not 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 a lot of the time, but everything at the target. Listen, he was very old-fashioned. He put his laces through yeah. it. And one, one of the arguments yeah, yeah. with Steve has always been, could he do it at the top level? He didn't do it in the Premier League and all this, but he'd done it at international level. So any doubt is... I was, gonna, I was just going to yeah. say that. I mean, he's done it at international level. So, players are the same, playing with better players. They're going to work out oh. how can we best use Bully. And they're gonna, you know, it, it's, people would say, oh, well, he's no good. He can't, maybe he can't hold it up as well as, as other people can. So what would you do? You'd play with somebody who could. Yeah. So, you know, if you played with somebody like... I know, so I'm just saying Teddy Sheringham was holding it up and he's running behind him. It's perfect. Yes. You just, you just you get him to do what he's good at. It's yeah. like saying you wouldn't ask Teddy Sheringham to chase balls over the top. Oh. You, you're not going to do that, are you? Because if you ask him to do that, you're going to make him look an idiot. So you, you just ask people to do what they're good at. So cool. they wouldn't work that out. They're intelligent players at the top level, so they'd work that out straight away. To be honest, if you'd have played more, Mark, Bully could have probably scored another 50-odd goals. <laughs> it'd be an he'd have loved that he's got enough he has got enough I mean what what was interesting was um, you left Wolves for Port Vale which which I, I, you know there's somebody at the door oh I'll hang on then that. hang on mate I'll pause it then it might be uh, Graham Turner coming in for you again hang on a second yep. <laughs> yeah that was Amazon delivering Mark a brand new pair of football boots <laughs> <laughs> the, the comeback's on um, I did that's World Cup Adidas World Cup. Actually, what boots did you wear, Mark? Uh, I used to wear Lotto. Lotto oh, the Lotto, Lotto, yeah? Yeah, Lotto, yeah. Rude Hullet boots? Them, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had a contract with them from when I was at Middlesbrough. So we carried on, carried that on, yeah. Uh, got, yeah. Now, after Wolves, um, we, I, I thought it was a bit of a strange, we'll say strange movie. You were still fairly local. You went to Port Vale. But interestingly... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe it was 94, you actually had a trial at Tottenham Hotspur um, and, and there was people like Jurgen Klinsmann in the team. Well, no, well, I, uh, so when I left Wolves, I, um, I had quite a few offers, to be honest. So I was about 13 or 14 offers, but I, to be honest, wow. I wanted to go abroad. I'd always wanted to play abroad. And I yes. Was, I, was, I was waiting for something like that, but all the, the offers I had were from, from uh, English clubs. So it was like 13 or 14 clubs. So... so like Port Vale and Swindon and some some decent teams in there. Yeah. And um and what happened was I went on holiday. I thought I'll go on holiday. So I went on holiday and I was at, I was at Heathrow and I was getting on the bus. Actually, I probably I shouldn't I should have told this before. So I get on the bus. Yeah. Ozzy Ardenas was on the bus. And when, I, when I was at, when <laughs> I was at Wolves and Ozzy was and Ozzy was manager at West Brom. I nearly went to West Brom from Wolves. Flipping it, we don't so, like that. I know. <laughs> you wouldn't be on the podcast now, Mark, if that had happened, mate. <laughs> no, you'd have killed me, wouldn't you? Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I spoke to him quite a few times. I was out of contract at Wolves for a bit, and it was during that time, but in the end, it, 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 just, it just fell through. Um, anyway, so as he said, what are you, you know, what are you doing then? You know, now I said, well, I've, got a, I've left Wolves. And I said, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll have a look at you. Come down. You know, come down and train with us and see what we can do. So I thought, bloody hell. So I went away. Came back, rang up, said, right, come down, organise everything. So, um, went down there, did pre-season with, uh, with Tottenham. Absolutely fantastic. Oh. Actually, funny, funnily enough, I went back to Wolves just before I went to Tottenham to get to pick something up. You know, I'd left something at the club or something or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and I literally bumped into Grant Taylor coming down the stairs. He said, oh, how are you doing? What, what are you up to? Where are you going? I said, I'm going to Tottenham. <laughs> we spell and honestly, the look on his face, he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, oh, oh bloody hell. Anyway, Flipping so, it, what? Um, it's so, straight away, yeah, put a two million, flipping, <laughs> two million price tag on you. <laughs> that was funny, yeah. So, oh. uh, yes, yeah, so I had a great time at Tottenham and, and uh, did the whole pre-season with them, played 
Yeah, we played a friendly at Bristol City. Did really, really well. Uh, I remember setting up a goal for Ronnie, Ronnie Rosenthal. Yeah, Ronnie Rosenthal flipping it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and after the game, the lads were in the changing rooms were saying, well, you're, you're a Tottenham player, you should have been here. You, know, you should have been here years ago and all that and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, so on the bus on the way back to London, Ozzy called me down the front of the bus and he said, he said, look, he said, I'm not, you know, I'm not spinning you a line here. He said, but the chairman's told me I've got to sign name players and I just can't, I can't bring you in, you know. We're spending big money. I just can't. I can't do it. I said, "Okay, fair enough." And then on the Monday, so that was a Friday night. That was on the Monday. They signed Klinsman, Dummy Tresco, and Papeska. <laughs> so I was like, so I thought, I thought, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough, you know. But it was, it was, a, it was a great time. It was a really, oh. yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it, it showed to me something that I could play with those players, and it, it was so easy to play with them. Oh. You know, because on the same wavelength, you know, it was like Anderton and all those guys, Nick Barnby. Oh, it's kind of it. So it was, yeah, it was a really. I mean, and then they, they put, and, I, and I said actually, they, they are gonna the way they're gonna play. They're gonna score goals, but they can they can see the lot as well. In the first game, I think they beat Sheffield Wednesday four three. Yes, I remember it. Yeah. Season, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, is it safe to say, Mark, for 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 a player of your ability? I know it's difficult to talk about yourself in the you know in the past tense like this effectively, but yeah. a player of your ability. Is it better when you're, you know, or is the game easier, I should say, when you are playing in a better team with better players, you know, more skillful and oh, more... Yeah, well, it's, well it's, that's, I mean, that's, that's like saying that. It's like saying that the, the players at Wolves, well, it's not about that. It's, it's the way they played. Right. You know, I'm sure, I mean, I, mean, I always, I mean, like Paul Birch was at Wolves with me, and I, I remember saying to Birch, I knew Birchie from a really young age, and I remember saying to him, because his touch was absolutely... Fantastic. Yes. And I always remember saying to Birch, I said, if you were six foot, you'd play for England. Because <laughs> he was brilliant, honestly. He was he could do anything. Yes. He could not get near him. And if, you know, we had this image as this little buzzy around, but he was such a great player, such a great footballer. He was. Such a, a really good footballer. So the, the players at Wolves were tr- tremendous. It was just the way. I remember talking to Gary Mabbitt about that. We sat we sat watching the game and the, the ball was going down one side and it wasn't on the camera the other side. I said, oh, that's great to see that. And he said, well, that's normal. I said, I said, that's not normal at Wolves. I said, at Wolves, that ball would not have gone back to the other side. It would have just gone down the line. Yes. And he was like, you can't do that. So that, and that was the difference between styles of play. It wasn't particularly that the players couldn't do it. It's just the way that the game, they played the game. So when I went, when I trained with Tottenham, it was, it was, I was just on the same wavelength. You know, I knew if I was there, I, you know, I was going to get it. And, and if I had the ball, they made a run. I'd give it to them. They, they, you know, they're in the right position to receive it, and so, so it was just all, it just it fit, everything fitted, and it was so that, and I just, and I really, really enjoyed it. But I, I had a backup to that because John Gorman had dropped me from Swindon, and yeah, said, John Gorman signed yeah. yeah, and I said, look, I'm going to Tottenham. I've got to take, you know, I've got to see what, you know, what happens there. Um, and actually, I've been, I've been training just before. I've been training at Villa. Ron Atkinson was the manager. Right. I've been training with, uh, yeah, I've been training with him just to keep fit. So I wanted to say, yeah, come and train with us. And he asked me to go away with him, but I said I can't. go to go with Tottenham. He said, okay, fair enough. So um, I, um, John Gorman said I want to sign you, and so I thought, well, if you don't work out at Tottenham, that Swindon is a really good move. Of course, so it was at the time that was a decent team. side. Yeah, a decent team. Yeah. So when the Tottenham thing went down, when, you know, it didn't happen. So I rang John Gorman. He said, oh, look, everything's changed. And I was like, oh, the hell. So then I was stuck then because it, time had moved on because you're getting to what I think the season. Had, was just about to start, yeah. So I didn't have a club, so it was like, and I was, I was really annoyed at John Gorman because you know I was, you know, banking on that anyway. So I was waiting, and then so Bridget, Bridget, been ringing me all the time. I don't know if you if you know John Roger, if you know stories, but he's a really funny bloke. He is, and he's he, he's a Wolves fan, I believe, isn't he? All Wolverhampton-born John Rudge. 
And he's, he's from over there, yeah, Morton yeah. Kids, yeah. But he's like, he's, he's really funny, bloke, and he was ringing me all the time through, even, you know, when I was at Tottenham, even before I was going, he was saying, you don't want to go there, and I was saying, I do. And he's saying, you don't. <laughs> you do. Brilliant. I said, I do, John, I do. And I wrote a laugh about it. So, so when he didn't fall through, you know, so I went there and, uh, and, saw, and saw him for Roger. I mean, so uh, yeah, so it was a strange move. I never intended to go there, but in the end, that was the best offer I had because the season was had started. So you know, it, it was local as well. So I just uh, thought, yeah, of course. Early. I mean, with the greatest of respect, Mark. Obviously, and, and you know, I don't mean any disrespect to Port Vale, but from your point of view, at that stage of your career, you know, you've got Tottenham potentially knocking on the door, and and that's so yeah. sad. The 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 reason that move didn't obviously work out. Um, yeah. And then you've got obviously Villa potentially, and and like I said, no disrespect to Val, but for you that must have been a quite a difficult pill to swallow at that particular time in your career because it really is a what might have been moment, isn't it? No, yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was glad I, you know I proved to myself that I could you know play with players like I did at Tottenham, so I was I was pleased on that front. And going, yeah, going to Port Vale, I mean, like I said, it wasn't the, it wasn't the first choice, but they but. It's not the Port Vale of, of now, if you like. They were in the championship, and they yes, good that's team. a good point. Yeah. So, there, so, there, so there was good. It wasn't like bloody. I'm going. You know, I'm going for, to all the shot in the fourth division. They, yeah. they were Port Vale. Were looking at them now, you'd never believe it. But they had a really a team that could, could really compete. Yes. You know, Dean Glover, Robin van der Laan, Martin yeah. Foyle, Alan Tanker, uh, Steve Guppy came later. Uh, Paul Musselwhite. Yes. It, it, it was a different Vale to what it is now, it definitely. So I was going there on the quality of the of the team and what they've done in the last few years, really. So, it was, you know, from that point of view, it was, it was a decent move. Yes. So it's just that it wasn't on my radar, if you like, at the beginning. But no, it was a decent move. And Rudgie was, was an interesting bloke. <laughs> really, really. <laughs> I honestly do not know how he did what he did. No, Having worked with him, he's such a funny, strange bloke. But in a in a good way, if you, yeah. know, you can't you can't argue with him. He's got this personality that he's really difficult to argue with. So I remember Lee Glover. So when I when I got there, obviously the season started. Yeah. And um, so I was on the bench, etc. And then and then something happened because I come late. We, we were playing with the Bristol Rovers away in the uh, in the Coca Cola Cup or whatever it was called then. I can't remember what it was called then. And we were playing them away. And um, we were all get, we were doing a training session for that game, and I was taking the free kicks. I was on the corners a lot, and I was playing just behind the strike, all this all this stuff. And then on the morning of the game, when we were supposed to be meeting up to go down to the, Rudgie rang me and said, "Look, the secretary's made a mistake on the form. He hasn't he hasn't filled the right form or something to the FA. You, you, you're not eligible to play." So I was like, "Bloody hell!" Oh. So anyway, so he said, "So I, so I didn't even go to the game. So they won the game four 0 and then so after that they, they kept winning so, so, so I was on the bench I was oh. on the bench so it's a nightmare so me and Lee Glover who'd come and, and Lee was on the bench as well with me we used to sit there and we used to just we used to laugh and, and, have, and have a good laugh about things but I remember Lee went into Rudgie once he said Gaffer I, I think I should be in the team and Rudgie said to him yeah you should be but you're not and then Lee just started <laughs> laughing and that's what he was like you, you couldn't argue with him and that was his strength, I think. Well, wasn't he, he have an argument with him. Wasn't he Port Vale manager for about 50 years? He was there forever, wasn't he? Oh, he was, he was there forever, yeah. He was there forever. And he and he did a great job. Yes, he I did. Mean, you look, at, look at the players. I mean, who'd think that Port Vale would be challenging? Because I mean, they were a proper team in the championship. And all, oh, you know, yeah. No, that... And that year as well. So he, he did a really... And the players he brought in and the players he brought in and sold. And 
Yeah. Been, been their best ever manager. Agreed. Now yeah, your your dream did come true of playing abroad and it took you yeah, to yeah, yeah. initially Fortuna Sittard in Holland, then to Japan, yeah. then to Romania, yeah. then to Sweden, then yeah. back to the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. I can't pronounce yeah, some yeah. of the teams you played for, Mark, so that's well yeah, yeah. I've only pronounced okay. Fortuna. But you know, yeah. what? why really did you want to play in, in abroad and in so many different countries? And, um, well, and what was your yeah. experience like doing it? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, ever since a really, really young age, you know, probably 12, 13, 14, my, my dream was always to play football. And I, I could never get in my head that you could, <coughs> sorry, that you could play football and actually get paid for it. Yeah. I used to think that was like unbelievable. Well, and I never my, did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and my uh, my t- my teacher at school, Mr. Baxter, he always said to me, you know, you'd be better off playing abroad the way you play. And you know, and I was twelve, thirteen then, and I always used to love, and it, and that's what I don't like about it now. To be honest, I used to love watching English teams play against foreign teams because of the contrast of like, you know, say Forest were playing Hamburg or Liverpool yes. were playing somebody, or there was always a big, you know, it was that sort of how do they play and the, the contrast. But you haven't got that anymore because. English football's basically become European football and every game is the same basically yes, so when yes. Man City play Bayern Munich there's no difference they've got, you know, it's because they're both playing the same and it's it's become quite sterile and boring to me to be honest but I used to love that and, you know, that, and, and we also I think as well because it was very rare in those days to see foreign players you know there was no internet there was you know it was like, yeah, when you saw true. it it was, in, it was on like midweek sports special or sports nights or in the World Cup that was about it. So I was always fascinated to, to you know, to see what it was like, and I always thought, God, if I could play abroad, that would be just, just amazing. And when I, when I, um, so I left, so I got a, I, I dislocated my shoulder, Paul Vale. So I didn't play for the last six months. So I was out, and then at the end of the season, Rudgie he gave me a free transfer. So I was like, this is, you know, I've got, to, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Well, I've, I've got to go abroad. This is the only chance yeah, I'm going to get. Now or so. never. Yeah, so there was some there was something important that fell through, and then I remember um, some guy called Terry Lees, an ex-player, rang me up, and uh, he played in Holland um, with a with a man called Pim Verbeek, who subsequently became my manager. And he said, "Look, would you like to go abroad? Would you like to go to Holland? Go and play in Holland?" I said, "I've told this club about you, and I think you should go and have a look." And I went, "Yeah, I'd be really interested." He said, "Okay, they'll, they'll ring you tomorrow at nine o'clock." And I always remember lying in bed the next morning. And to be honest, I was thinking, oh, it's a lot of bed, really. I was lying in bed and the phone rang and I looked at the clock and the, the, literally the hand had gone... Tsk, you know, the second hand had, you know, a bit like me at half ten this morning. So, yes, I picked the phone up, but it was it was the manager from the club saying, OK, we've booked a, play, uh, um, a ticket for you, you're on the plane tomorrow, blah, 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 you could and it was, I mean, that is the Dutch. Dutch people are really always on time. And I was just amazed. And the organisation was just incredible. So I came over for a week, um, played a game, and then they offered me a contract straight away. Wow. And, they, and the, so, so Fortuna had been, um, they just got promoted. It was a bit like Middlesbrough in a way. They got a, a really young team. So they had like people like Fernando Rickson. Who's obviously just died? Oh yeah, Fernando. Fernando, uh, the Rangers. Yeah, so Fernando stayed with us. So Fernando was about 17, 18 when I came. Yeah. Mark Van Bommel. Mark, um, yeah, Mark Van Bommel. I saw that. Yeah, what a yeah, player! So, yeah, so he, he, yeah, so he was 17, 18. Then we had uh, we had Jurgen Dirks, Patrick Power, Robert Roost, um, Arnold Van Swam. So these these were really good players. We just got promoted from the second division, and they'd, they'd lost the first three games of the. Uh, 
of the Eredivisie, you know, the, the, the Premier yeah. League in Holland. And so my first game was, they were, they were really under pressure, they needed a win. And this was a time when, um, in Holland, so then Ajax, this was when they had one of their best ever teams, you know, they'd won the World Club, they won the World Club Championship that year. Yeah. You know, the, the, the uh, Van der Sar and the two De Boers, Overmars, Lippmann and Kluivert, Davids, they were just, you know, they were just unbelievable. So the, fir- the first game I came over, and the first game was against the Grafskap, Grafskap, you know, so you say, and um, I scored the winner in the last five minutes ago with a, with a header, you believe that? With a header. Header? So, um, what was that? So was in, I don't know, yeah, it hit me on the head, went in, yeah, so it was, um, so straight away, it was like an instant, instant hit, wasn't it? So it just, and it just went on from there, so, and I, and I loved it, I absolutely loved it, it was what I'd always thought it would be, you know, it was... Um, Oh. I was getting paid to play football in another country. It was, just, it was incredible. And right then there. it was Japan, Romania, Sweden, then back to the yeah. Netherlands. In fact, that was a question yeah. I was going to ask Mark. Was the Portuguese club you mentioned was interested? Was it Sporting Lisbon, if I remember rightly? Well, yeah. So there was so Roger Spry, who was a friend of mine. He was he was coaching there. He was doing something there, and he said he might be able to get me out there. But that fell through at the last minute. Yeah, yeah. so it was Sporting Lisbon. Yeah, but I went somewhere else. I went to, I went to Estoril. Yes, like, well, that was horrible. No, I didn't like that. No, I didn't like that. So it was a real ramshackle. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember how that came about, but it was a real ramshackle, uh, ramshackle club that was. And, and so, and obviously, you, you also played for England schoolboys and England youth, Mark. So obviously, you was, yeah, you was yeah. highly thought of and thought after as a young player. I mean, what what yeah. what what an honour is it to, to to play for your country? Oh yeah, that was uh, that was that was amazing. I mean, played for England schoolboys when I was fifteen, so. We played uh, nine games in total, and we played all the games. And we played two at Wembley. So the first game at Wembley, we beat Scotland one 0 and I scored the winner. Winner. And then the second, the, yeah. And then the, la- the last game at Wembley was. I mean, in those days as well, there wasn't any live football on TV. There was only there was only two live games that were on the telly. So there was the FA Cup final and the, and the Scotland International. So that was quite big news. So in that one, we played Holland and we won four one. I scored hat trick at the at the old Wembley, which is like you know. <laughs> Don't get any better than that. I oh, know exactly. I mean, Wembley was just a. Even if you used to drive past Wembley in the car, it was just it was just an amazing place, wasn't it? It's not yes. the same anymore, I don't think. But uh, no. so to so to done that, that was that was incredible. Yeah. And you have also played in the Masters tournaments uh, for Wolves oh, in the yeah, past. Yeah. So interestingly, yeah. how come you haven't played for the Villa, Mark? How come it was uh, Wolves? I mean, we're 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 glad you have played for the Wolves, but how come uh, yeah, yeah. didn't Villa come knocking? I don't, I don't know. I mean. Um, I can't even remember how I how I got contacted to play in it. Yeah, I, I remember that. It's a shame they stopped it. Just the fact that when when I got contacted to, contacted to play in it, we had such a good team. There was no way I was going to the Villa. We had a great team. <laughs> in the last of it, so it, they're, they're really good lads. Yeah. yeah. So there's no way I was. Because uh, yeah. I think we won. We won the one year, didn't we? Yeah, we won the we won the middle and we won the you know the uh, yeah. British, yeah, we were the, we were the national champions. Yeah, it's the only thing Wolves have won in the last forty years. That um, <laughs> so interestingly, Mark, because I, I really don't know the answer to this question. Um, what jobs have you have you done since football, and what job do you do now? Well, I've been doing some um, some scouting for Middlesbrough. Yeah, so I've been doing some for them, but that's that's just stopped now. They've changed they've changed the system. Um, so I'm, I'm doing some uh, some working property. Okay. So I did some property related stuff. So yeah, so everything's fine. But I'm still, I'm obviously, you know, at the moment it's uh, you can't go to any games anyway because there's nobody allowed in, and it's difficult to watch it on the TV with no fans. To be honest, so 
I'm just waiting for the moment when uh, when they allow people back in. Yeah, we, we all are, Mark. We all. I mean, yeah, it's something yeah. we're all missing. And would it be fair to say? I mean, once again, I don't know the answer to this, Mark. Do you think um, you achieved your full potential in the game uh, and got the most out of your career? Well, probably not. But I mean, it wasn't for a, for a lack of trying. I think yes. it's just getting the breaks at the right time. You know? Yes. You know, going into the right teams at the right time. I mean, also that's another thing. Also, when I was at Wolves, I was out of contract. I spoke to uh, to Glenn Hoddle when he was at Swindon. Yeah. And um, and he said, okay, we'll, we'll have a look at you and we'll see what we can do and all that. And then in the end, it never happened. I signed a contract at Wolves. Then we played Swindon away, and I played really well. And he came up to me. He was playing manager. He came up to the end of the game. He said, Look, I made a mistake there. And I was like, bloody hell, because I think if you could have played play for somebody like that in a different style oh, of football, things could, you know, yeah. might have been a bit, uh, might have been different, but I have no problem to be honest, because, you know, I did everything I could. Yes. You know, and football's a lot, is a lot about um, getting the break to the right time. I mean, we mentioned the players in Holland. I mean, Mark Van Bommel, who's, um, he's went on to, you know, went on to do amazing things. When I first came to Fortuna, he was a young player, and he, and he was okay, and he's doing okay, and, but the manager, Pim Verbeek, who, who really rated me and who took me to Japan, he was my coach in Japan. Pim, Pim thought Mark was a good player, but he wasn't at that level where, you know, he was only young, so he was like, you know, you're not there yet sort of thing. And it was quite, and it was hard on him, and he didn't and he didn't pick him a lot, and he was on his way out, basically. Yeah. But then Pim got, Pim got the sack, and a new manager came in, and who really liked him. He, he ended up marrying the manager's daughter, actually. That's another story. But he, the manager... <laughs> the one way of getting in the team. The manager really... Yeah, yeah, but the manager really liked him, and then he went on from strength to strength. You know, the manager's behind you, giving you confidence. That is the big battle in football. If you've got that, you know that's that is the key. You know, when yeah. you're uh, that is yeah, especially when you're young. When you're a young player, that's what you need. There's, you know, there's a certain ages between you know 19, 18, 18 to twenty, twenty-two. Whatever. You need someone behind you, really pushing you and helping you. Yeah, you know, if you've got that, I've seen lots of stories like that of players. You know, the players who you think, bloody, hell, why didn't they do this or? Then put on the page, you think, well, oh, I'm not sure about him. But then, you know, it's just, it's, you know, it's timing and getting somebody on you and all that. But I, I have no problem with the. In my career now. Yeah, it is timing and luck. And, and Mark, listen, you was a great player. In fact, you were so great. I helped run the Wolves All-Stars with Mel Eves. So, um, oh, I'm going to put you right on the spot now, Mark. Um, you, fancy, <laughs> you fancy getting your boots back on at some point? Ooh, yeah, yeah, at some point, yeah. If, uh... Hey Mark, you'll be fine. And, <laughs> and if you can look back on your career finally, and you can pick one abiding memory from you know which was a, an amazing career, what 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 would it be? What memory do you look back on? Uh, I mean, getting promotion in Middlesbrough on the last day at, uh, in the playoffs at Chelsea was an amazing, was amazing, yeah. just an amazing day. I mean, there was riots, and it was you know <laughs> we getting promoted, a young team, and. In London, it was just amazing. So many impressions, you know. It was uh, so that was an incredible. The whole time at Middlesbrough, you know, the first couple of years at Middlesbrough was was amazing. Really, you know, it was on such a was on such a roll. So even though it was difficult, you know, being away from home, it was it was a great time. Um, and and probably like you know, my trips abroad really because I met so many people and went to so many different places and you know, seen so many things. You know, to get the chance, the opportunity to do that, especially now when you're seeing that. You know, it's looking like travel might be restricted a bit. You know, it's yes. I'm glad I've been to all the places I've, I've been to. You know, and, and you know, seeing the places and met those people. So it's you know made so many amazing contacts. But it's um, yeah, that's you know, and having the opportunity to play play professional football. You know, playing for I've been I played for Villa, Middlesbrough, and, and Wolves. You know, 
huge clubs, you know, they've been yeah. and played for big clubs, you know, clubs abroad, good clubs abroad. It's just, you know, it's a, I mean, I always say to people who, you know, people who are footballers, I say any, you know, when people say, oh, he's rubbish or he's that, I say, look, any player who's played even one professional game, just one, He's a good player because you don't do it otherwise. Of course, you, you've got to you've got to have something about you. So you can't say anybody's this or that. You know? So um, no, I'm just you know, I'm just grateful, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. one question I always like to ask as well, um, but you'd already sort of answered it. Did you see football in any way, shape, or form as a job? No, but I mean, obviously, there's days when you think, "Oh God, you're in training," but that, <laughs> yeah, but it's. it's but that's just like any job, isn't it? You know, yes. everybody has that from time to time. But what's that? You're playing football, aren't you? Yeah. You know, you're playing, you're playing football for an hour and a half every day, basically. That's the, that's the job. So it's, no, it's it's amazing, really. I always remember one time, I was at Wolves. Do you remember uh, Rob Kelly? Remember yes, Kelly, Rob Kelly, I certainly do. Yeah, yeah. went to Leicester. Yeah, we signed yeah. you from Leicester. Yeah, yeah Rob Kelly. Leicester, so I got, I got on really well with Rob and all that. And one time, I can't remember what happened, but we played a game or something. something I can't remember what happened now, but... So Greg Turner had put a lot of us, I think he might have played the first team in the reserves for some reason. I can't remember, or something like that. And we played Bolton, and we, we beat them five, and I scored all five. And uh, I was talking to him up afterwards, and I spoke to the, the press about the game, or something, and somebody had said to me, like, you know, the, the punishment for being, um, for being, I can't, I can't remember what happened now, but the punishment for being crappy in that game, for example, was playing in the reserves. What do you think about that? And I said, well, you can't really call playing a game of football punishment, can you? And Rob <laughs> Kelly came up to me afterwards and said, he said, I read what you said there. He said, it's absolutely right, isn't it? You can't, I said, well, it is. You can't say punishment, can you? Of course you. And, and, <laughs> play, play I know what it is, you know, when you're playing the first time, you don't really want to play in the reserves, but yeah. it's still not a punishment. It's not like, you know, you're not getting punched in the face, are you? Or whipped or, you know, you're playing a game, you're playing a game of football. It's not hard life, is it really, Mark? It's not, no, not really. Not really, not, you know, Considering you know, what, you know, a lot of people do for a living and how, how some people's lives are, it's not a, it's not a hard life. Well, now. I mean, yeah. interestingly, what would you have done or been if you hadn't have been a footballer? Oh, that's a really that's a really good question. I'm, I was talking to uh, yeah another ex Wolves player, Phil Robinson. Remember Phil? Yeah, Phil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was talking to Phil about that, and, and we were saying, I honestly don't know because. We always just we were going to be footballers, and that was it. Yeah. And I think, and when you, and when you look at it, that's what you need to be a footballer. You just need that. And obviously, the odds of making it when you look at the odds, if you knew the odds, you probably, just want to oh. end, probably wouldn't do it. But you got no chance. It's, <laughs> you got no chance. Yeah, but somebody's got to do it, and you just go. You're going to be a footballer, and that is it. Yeah. So you didn't even give any thoughts of what you might do, and that's why I have a lot of sympathy with players who who have thought like that and then maybe got injured or, you know, I always think of people like Paul Lake. At Man City, I mean, yeah. I thought he was an unbelievable player, and he got injured, and it never happened for him. Even though you know he, he still did good things in the you know the few years that he played, but he could have been, I think, one of the best players. I think he could be one of the best players ever. You know, yeah. an English player. I thought he was. I thought he was brilliant. Could do anything, play anywhere. You know, and so someone like that who got injured, you think bloody hell. So I don't know. I honestly don't know. And, and, don't know. How difficult is it, Mark? Right. I mean, I did just say five questions ago. This is the last question. We've got talking again now. But <laughs> I was just going to finally. How um, how difficult is it when you have to make that decision, or the decision gets made for you? You retire in. You're not going to be kicking a ball professionally again. How 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 difficult is yeah, that? The almost decadence of it. Yeah, it's 
Yeah, that's really that's really difficult. I mean, there's a saying that you don't retire from football that football retires you because basically yes. you can't get a club, and, that, and that's it. And it's only the top players who get the choice. You know, I'm going to stop or you know, we're going to go there, I'm going to do this. So it's really difficult. And I've seen a lot of players, a lot of players around who have really struggled and who still struggle to this day. Yeah, Because yeah. you can't, you know, you can't replace that. No. At a, and at a time when most people in their lives, in normal life, and, and most people are coming to the time when they're earning the most they're ever going to earn. You know, they're coming up to 35, 40, 45. They're earning the most they're going to earn. They're in the peak of their, like, career. The footballers' career is, like, Finished for ten or fifteen years. Oh, it's such so, a short career. You know, so it's yeah. So I mean, the average career is eight eight years, I think. Oh. If you're lucky, if you're yeah. lucky, so that's if you get a good you know, career. If you get a good career, exactly. So yeah. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I played from eighteen to about thirty-two, so I'm I'm really lucky. I'm one of the lucky ones. So it's, I mean, a lot of players struggle. You see a lot of players struggle with you know with alcohol and this. Yes. I can understand it because you can't replace it. You can't replace the the lifestyle, the, you know, the, the sort of the attention and, and just the thrill of playing football, you know, every Saturday, you know, I mean, and you do sort of, you live your life still on football, the football calendar, if you like, so Saturdays yeah. <laughs> is, is a football time, you know, the, you, know the, you feel it, you feel the Saturday, you feel the, the end of the season, you know, you, you come up to May, it's the end of the season, then the summer, and then it's sort of still in you. I mean, this, this period now, this lockdown nonsense is sort of, that has thrown the calendar out a bit because Completely. everything's become very strange, hasn't it? Actually, every, it did, every day is the same. It did throw the calendar out because didn't I text you yesterday and I went to, are you all right for the yeah, interview? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you went, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow, yeah. And I, I was questioning myself because I am, honestly, I don't know what day it is at the moment. It's just, I don't no, know. I'm as bad, it's don't worry just, about that. It's really strange, really strange. Yeah, it is, it is hard for ex players to, uh, no, ex footballers, but ex sportsmen because. Your body only will do, you know, so much for so long, and you know, so thirty-five is that's the basically the end, isn't it? For you know, get a few. Mine packed up uh, at twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, Mark, oh, okay. it, I've got to say it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. I knew you was going to be good value for money. Um, you was one of, and I'm not just saying it because I've got you on because I've actually never spoke to you before. But you was one of my favourite players growing up. Um, oh. Oh, and, thank you for that, Jason. Yeah, and when we saw, I mean, listen, that, it, I don't know if it's big praise coming from me, to be honest, but you was. Um, so thank you for representing our great club. Thank you yeah. for obviously coming on the Wolf Whistle podcast. And we hope to see you in a Wolves All-Stars shirt very, very soon. Yeah, okay, Jason, that's brilliant. Thanks, for that, Thanks Mark. Thanks for the time. Cheers, buddy. Okay, mate. Cheers, Jason.